Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Same Drugs with Megan Murphy. I'm Megan Murphy. I'm Laura McNally. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Should we just end the show now? Yeah, Since that we did was such a good job already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, who actually wants to talk about the election anyways? I mean... Uh, yeah, nobody, probably nobody on the internet. That's for sure. Um, how was your weekend? <laughs> um, oh my god, did I they don't do even Halloween remember. in New Zealand? Did you do anything for Halloween? We didn't, but that might be because we're boring. I feel like the kids did stuff. I don't think I don't know if it's not like America. It's not there is not that big like Halloween thing. Right. It's definitely not the same. I wish there wasn't a big Halloween thing here. I don't really like Halloween. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, obviously if you're a kid and you want candy, then it's fun. But otherwise, I mean, my little dog was stressed out all night and like glued to me because of all the fireworker, fireworks and like firecrackers, which I hate. Mm. And uh, yeah. And then I don't know. I'm just like perpetually annoyed by covid i'm sure everyone's getting sick of hearing me talk about it but like the big news on monday on the cbc was like all the, so all the bars closed at 10 p.m and then all these kids packed the streets to party on granville street and i was like yeah you closed the bar at 10 p.m and it's halloween i guess they're gonna party on the street yeah. Also, like, they're partying on the street outside. Isn't that what you want? Like, what is your yeah. problem? You just now <laughs> seem, like, curmudgeonly all the time. Why are these people having fun? I thought yeah, the rule yeah. was nobody was allowed to have fun anymore, and they yeah. seem like they're having a lot of fun. There must be a rule against that, or we'll create one. Well, and the the response on the CBC says she's, like, everyone's, like, all these, like, crotchety like old people are like nah, 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 nah. or maybe probably not even old people probably people my age maybe i'm an old person <laughs> actually like wait no they're not old they're 40 <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> but there is something about people who like they don't like fun i don't know no. and this is this is the same thing we've talked about this before people get annoyed with you and I having these like casual conversations and they're like they're mad, that mad. We're too much fun. Yeah. And they're mad that we're not like intellectual all the time. And we speak in like casual way and we're just kind of having a laugh and we're not taking life seriously. Like life is serious. You guys, you need to be serious. I'm like, Ooh, you don't sound like a well-balanced individual you know like for sure there's a time and a place for seriousness 100 percent. but it's not all the time you know like <laughs> there's got to be a bit of a a mix i don't want to be serious all the time i don't want to make jokes mm. serious people are very draining to be around mm -hmm. people who don't laugh and joke and can't take a joke mm -hmm. it's very exhausting but yeah like i do i think there is sort of a no fun thing and probably part of it that, you know, like, if you think about it, it's like, why would these people be angry that a bunch of kids, and by kids, I mean, I don't know, they're probably 20, in their 20s yeah. or something like that, early 20s, Um, I'm assuming. I, I mean, I don't know who else would hang out on Granville Street. But, like, uh, like Grand, okay, so Granville Street was, like, the kind of party district 
in like mm-hmm. a douchey way. Like I would never want to go hang out on Granville Street. The last time I went to bars on Granville Street, I was probably like 19 years old. But whatever, that's fine. That's fun when you're that age. Like yeah. you want to go get wasted and dance to stupid music and make out with douchebags. Um, but like I, I sort of just think it's like, well, you're trapped at home. You have a job you hate. You can't go out and have fun because you have kids and a family and obligations or whatever. So you're mad that other people are doing it. And now you have COVID as an excuse because they're going to disease you all. Which, I mean, are you are you around those kids? And again, like, I think that what we've learned is that this this virus is not really transmitting so much outside. It's more like in indoor spaces. Um so I don't know. I feel like people kind of need to make it's like keep them in the bar where you can keep them safe by like sanitizing their organs all the time or whatever, <laughs> like shoving like sanitizer up their noses, like instead of blue. Here you go. Here's some bleach. Racking <laughs> <laughs> or... up lines of bleach on the glass <laughs> table. <laughs> yeah. Here. I know how to solve this problem. <laughs> Replace all of their blow with bleach. Um, oh and, uh, or like, I don't know, let them party. You can't just stop people from having fun. Although maybe you can, it certainly they're seems trying. Like they're trying. Yeah, <laughs> they're trying. Um, and what were you saying? Oh, the thing about people having kids, I'm just going to throw this out there as a potential theory. Is there something that happens when people ha- who have kids, resent the people who don't have kids so they subtly try to shut down possibilities of like fun and freedom and they're like well fuck you you don't live in the real world where we have children and we have to get up at five o'clock and we're sleep deprived and our lives never get to just be happy-go-lucky and uh, making off-the-cuff plans so fuck you we're going to shut down your opportunity for that I think I've personally seen that in my life experience Yes, I think it's true. I think that once people have kids and they can't have fun anymore, they do resent the people who don't have kids and can still have fun or just spontaneously go on vacation or go out or whatever it is and have free time and whatever. They're not exhausted all the time. And I think that they end up punishing single Mm. people or people who aren't in marriages with families as a result. So they sort of like make you feel like there's something wrong with you so that they can justify their choices and their lifestyle as the best lifestyle and the best choice. And everyone else is really not living their lives fully. Like you're missing out on this whole amazing thing of having kids, which is not, I'm sure that for some people having kids is this big, amazing thing. Mm-hmm. But people also have to understand that it is a real thing that some people don't have kids and some people like not having kids and they like the way that their lives are without kids. And, um, yeah, and so they, I think they want to punish people and justify their lifestyle so that they don't have to sit around feeling like bitter or regretful or anything like that. Mm. Um, and yeah, they can't do it. So they want to take, it's like, they're being loud. They're having fun. Got to stop it. I mean, all so much of Vancouver is like that. These, you know, nosy parkers and all the bars mm. have to close early because now there's all these yuppies who live here with kids and they've taken over all the good parts of the city and they live near mm. the bars, but they don't want the bars to be fun. They want everyone to like sit quietly at their table and then leave before midnight. 
quietly and don't make noise as you leave the establishment, please. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm always skeptical though, when someone's trying to sell me on how their lifestyle is better than mine. And you see this with like people who are anti-alcohol and they're like getting sober was the most amazing thing I've ever done. Or people who have kids and like having kids, you don't know what life is until you've had kids or like vegans or whatever it is. And I'm like, if you really loved your lifestyle so much, I don't think you'd be trying to sell it to me. You know, like when mm-hmm. I'm loving my life and doing really well, I don't feel the need to like preach about it or try and push it onto others. If I'm trying to push something onto someone else, it's usually because there's something going on that I'm not comfortable with. So I've got to like try and expel it and try and like externalize it and try and get people talking about it. So I'm very... um I'm very skeptical when someone's trying to push me. And it's often that thing. I, th- I think that uh, I've noticed these things go hand in hand, like the not drinking, the not partying, like growing up, you know, like be more mature, grow up, take more responsibility, live in the real world, have kids, settle down. I'm like, I don't know. If it was so great, I don't know why you need to sell it to me. I think everyone would just do it if it was so great. Well, and I don't go around telling parents that my life is better than their life. <laughs> like, mm. I'm not like, I do, I do like my life or I did pre-COVID, mm. um, BC as, um, as my, my last interview guest called it before COVID, <laughs> but I really liked my life before that. Um, aside yeah. from the stress of being threatened with murder, um, uh, <laughs> and like but at the same time it's not like I'm like mm, you you don't know what it's like it's really great not having kids like I get to yeah. go to bed when I want to and I can yeah. do what I want and I get lots of sleep and you know like I can go out and I can maintain my relationships and I can have quiet in my house and I can write and like uh yeah go on vacation if I want to or take off whenever I feel like it um you're allowed that, to say that, though. What? People that have kids, are you allowed to list all the reasons you love not having them? No, I don't think you are allowed. <laughs> I think then that those people wouldn't be your friends anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, the alcohol, th- I mean, whatever. I people who've I know people who've gotten sober and their lives are better as a result. Like, I get mm. that for some people, alcohol really was kind of destroying their lives. So I respect that. But I do think that there is the extreme, the flip side of that, um, which is where people get into an extreme thing where they sort of see everything through their lens and their experience of alcoholism Mm. or their experience of drinking culture or whatever it is and sort of fail to understand that, you know, there isn't always so much to analyze about it. Like people who love to drink or go out and party are not necessarily, you know, trying to hide their problems or, you know, they're not necessarily like depressed or full of self-hatred or anything like that. I mean, people just kind of like to have fun and let loose and it's not necessarily Mm. so complicated. Like, cause I Mm. sometimes feel like I'm like, well, how do I explain why I love to go out drinking and like love to party? Like, there's not really a reason, you know, like I just do. I don't it's not like I can say "Mm, there's like some intellectual maybe there is some like big intellectual reason that I can use to justify it or something. 
some evolutionary aspect to it or something like that. But at the same time, sometimes it's sort of like, well, I just, you know, I like it. And uh, somebody actually emailed me after the last episode very concerned because I had a hangover because I drank like a bottle and a half of wine the night before. And I just want to say that I didn't drink a bottle and a half of wine by myself. Like I wasn't sitting in my apartment <laughs> getting wasted. I was, I had uh, Karen over. So it was, you know, like, I don't know if he imagined oh, Megan alone in her apartment, like getting messed up. Or maybe he just thought that drinking a bottle and a half of wine was too much for a one woman to drink in a night, which really confuses me. That's so funny. I mean, but to me, these are all, like, I think it's really interesting from a values perspective, because when you look at your values, obviously for some people, you know, intellectualism and like, and I, I used to be this way myself. Like I used to take my career very seriously to the point of just like working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, because it was very serious and I had to do certain things and achieve certain goals. And so like drinking and partying was just a distraction from the purpose. And the purpose was, you know, intellectual pursuits, serious pursuits. That's how you felt? That's how I felt for a long time. And I mean, that's kind of how I got through doing a PhD. Like if I started bringing fun into the equation, I wouldn't have finished it. So I understand people who are seeing the world through this lens that they're pursuing this thing and it's a serious pursuit and they have to put that pursuit above all else. But since I finished my PhD and took a step back and had time off, I'm like, I'm not sure what's a higher what's more important than actually having fun in my life? Like I can't think of what's <laughs> without fun. Like what is the actual point? Joy. Joy is the most important part of life. Yeah. It's true. And as soon as we keep shutting it down with like, oh, well, you're not intellectual enough or, or you're partying too much or whatever it is, like that's the the quickest way to like dispel joy is to like start – layering it with like analysis and (laughs) intellectualizing your joy and pathologizing your joy and oh have you had three drinks that's probably too many maybe you have childhood problems like (laughs) the fastest way to kill your joy is to not just like let it spontaneously happen because that's what joy is it it just organically happens right and so Yeah, one of the points, I mean, one of the reasons I think that some people, not maybe not that many people, but some people have been like, you just keep like whining about COVID all the time. Um, But I mean, part of that is because I like am seeing the long term impacts Um, and I'm talking about my fears in the long term, which I think are valid fears. And, you know, when I was talking to Mark Crispin Miller about this, who was the the last interview that I did, and he sort of said the same thing, you know, not trying to be, it's not that he doesn't think that COVID is serious. He, I think he lost a friend or maybe two friends, Mm -hmm. um, from it. Um, but, you know, 
what what's what is life if we're not going to be around other people and experience joy and and have fun and with this moving everything online thing i mean what he said he said there's no joy online there's not you don't experience joy doing anything online you don't experience joy engaging in a facebook argument or posting a tweet or having a zoom cocktail hour or, um, you know, reading, sharing an article online or reading an article online, like there can be useful aspects to online, but that's not where we build community and find joy and, and build movements too. I mean, people, people who are so pro lockdown and pro moving everything online don't seem to realize that, what we're sacrificing is protest and movement building and actual activism, um, mm. not online activism. That's not real activism. Sorry, it's not. Mm. And that activism, if you're doing it online, um, that's all being controlled by Silicon Valley, by social media corporations. So you're not changing the system or challenging anything at all. You're handing over the reins of politics and rebellion um, and, you know, the power of the people essentially to these corporations. And nobody seems to really be concerned about this. Like, I don't understand, um, you know, these these debates around the election, right? Like, oh, hysterical, hysterical debates where, you know, if Trump wins, it's going to be the end of the world. It has to be Biden. Anyone who isn't voting Biden is ushering us all into fascism and disaster and that's bullshit like the democrats are just as dangerous as trump is perhaps in slightly different ways but there's no the the democrats are not our saviors you know the democrats are handing over power to big tech and we're like if we think that life is going to be great when everything that we do and think and say and all of the you know news that we read, um, our free speech, um, our socializing, our dating, our politics is happening online on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and they get to dictate who says what, and they track every single thing that we do. You know, this is your, your bright future. Thank God Trump's not here. Now mm. we're free to engage on Facebook, you know, Biden in, in the, you know, I really, was done with, I mean, I, I hate the Democrats, but I still thought, you know, well, if I lived in the States, I would, I would have to vote Democrat. And then um, when I started thinking more about the Democrats relationship to big tech and their position on COVID and the lockdowns, never mind their position on women's sex-based rights. I mean, people are acting like the Democrats are the feminist progressive choice. And what a fucking joke. I mean, people are just buying what's being sold to them in the liberal media that's pumped out on Twitter. Mm. Twitter, which is censoring conservatives and censoring, you know, political opinions and perspectives and news that doesn't support their preferred political narrative. Um, and I just, I'm like, I'm so shocked at how many people who consider themselves to be leftists and feminists have no real analysis and aren't seeing the big picture at all. Like, oh, the Democrats win. Great. So what? What? What's the big great thing that's going to change if the Democrats win? Mm. What are you being saying? You're, you're going down this path to a virtual world where you mm. have no real free choice. 
But mm. good for you. You fucking bullied on everybody on the internet and told them that they're stupid for voting for Trump. And to be fair, I don't think that Trump is the savior either. I hate the guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, like the Democrats are not this like beacon of hope. Isn't it quite interesting how a lot of the hyperbole around Trump focuses on racism and yet when you're looking at the stats of who voted for Trump, there's actually been an uptick in the votes, in the support for Trump between 2016 and 2020. He's had more support from black men, black women, as well as uh, Hispanic voters, and then like other categories. So the people Every he- group, every single group. Every Black, group Hispanic, except Asian, men, women, LGBT, except for white men. That's the only up. group he did worse with. Isn't that crazy? And so if all the if all of the rhetoric around why we should hate Trump is focused on racism, isn't that so interesting how the stats are kind of showing a, an opposite trend? Well, and and isn't it interesting that the the Democrats and the liberals and the progressives are still in complete denial about what's going on? Like, still, it's never the Democrats' fault. It's never yeah. the liberal media's fault. You know, of all, all of these efforts to bully and censor and silence and shame anyone who supported Trump or just anybody who didn't support the Democrats and all these like woke narratives and woke politics, critical race theory. Uh, trans women or women, so on and so forth. Those people are all bad and evil and they did everything in their power to shut these people down and shame them. And still, that you know, like millions and millions and millions and millions of people voted for Trump and still they refuse to admit that they're doing anything wrong. They just say, oh, well, half of the population of the U.S. is evil. Half of the population of the U.S. is racist. Half of the population of the U.S. likes Nazis. Mm-hmm. Really? And like Chelsea Handler's response to 50 Cent, which I think is a kind of example of what a lot of progressives do when they respond to black people or other groups who wanted to vote for Trump is like, oh, well, you've internalized racism and you need to wake up. Like, right. You should know that you're black and as a black person, you should know that you have to vote for this candidate. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I I think yeah, I put a link in in our notes to this video from the Young Turks um and the woman was saying that the reason that so many black people voted for Trump was because they hate themselves and they mm-hmm. want to be white. Like, that's your analysis? People of color are supporting Trump because they hate themselves and want to be white. They're so condescending. The progressives have become so sexist and so racist and so condescending. The amount of women online, feminists on the internet, um, people, you know, liberals who would consider themselves feminists, who explicitly said that Women who voted for Trump were just doing what their husbands wanted them to do. They're just doing, there's, you know, there's patriarchal women and these patriarchal women just love men so much and have no minds of their own. And they're just going to do whatever their husbands tell them to. And so their husbands are telling them to vote for, you know what? 
Your husband doesn't know who you vote for. That's private. So you could actually go vote for whoever you want and tell him you voted for Trump if he's actually abusive and trying to control who you vote for. But what mm-hmm. a like completely sexist thing to say that any, but any woman who votes for Trump can't possibly be making a rational, thought-out choice of her own. Um, and the other thing that they were saying was essentially that women were making an emotional choice. So women who vote for Trump were just um, voting for Trump out of anger. Like it's a fuck you vote. Like they're just they're so angry. And you know how women are when they're angry. They're really um, irrational. So I'm going to go vote for Trump. Screw you. And, you know, I kept trying to say to people, like, do you not think it's possible that um, a woman or anyone for that matter could have actually thought about some issues and thought about politics and thought about what the Democrats are have been doing and saying and decided, no, I don't support this party. I'm not in support of these things that they're promoting. Or maybe there's just certain issues that they favor what Trump is saying or what the Republicans support over what the Democrats are doing. Like, you cannot write people off as so stupid. And 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 certainly, like, if you're going to call yourself a feminist, you don't go around saying that women are too emotional and irrational and stupid and being blindly controlled by their husbands. And they're just so swayed by these men that they'll do whatever they tell them to. Like, you turn in your fucking feminist card. <laughs> but this is the same thing with the anti-racist movement that tells black people like Chelsea Handler did, you're a black dude, so you better get your shit together and vote for Biden. Like, do you not see you're doing the exact thing that you claim to be against? Like, you are the thing. You are the problem now. You're the thing that you're saying you're against. You're doing it. It's not like someone else out there. It's actually you right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any exaggeration to say that the woke movement, as Bill Burr called it, (laughs) is actually very racist and sexist. And yet these are the people who are going around calling everyone who doesn't support their aims and their mantras racist and misogynist. Um, I think, yeah, there was an article in the Times today, and they're just, they, they refuse to see the truth. Um, they, they refuse to, I, 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 I truly don't understand the, the denial, um, that, that progressives are choosing to engage in, um, in general, but I mean, specifically with regards to this election, um, it was Charles M. Blow wrote, an article for the Times saying exit polls point to the power of white patriarchy, knowing that the only group Trump lost was white male voters, and he gained votes since 2016 in every other group. And he, the headline is like the power of the white patriarchy. Like they're so attached to their narratives. Like it's misogyny, it's racism, it's sexism. That's what's going on. It can't be that the Democrats are failing to reach people or that people aren't interested in woke politics. I mean, a lot of people pointed out online, you know, this sort of proves that woke politics and, you know, bashing people over the head with this, like, you're a cis white man, like, you're terrible, you're a white lady, you're awful, you're a Karen, you're all racist, (laughs) like, 
isn't working. How's that working out? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's not, but we're going to do it for another four years anyway. One of the things I find most shocking is that I thought it became quite apparent in 2016 when Trump won that the approach that progressives were taking, this thing you're saying, the condescending and the always analyzing and the beating people with your ideological stick, it failed. And part of the reason we know it failed is because there was this uh, turnout for Trump and it was like, okay, let's regather and reconsider how we approach uh, progressive ideology. And yet here we are four years later with just more of the same shit, like literally the same shit that they said in 2016 is being like rolled back out and everyone feigns shock and horror and people are voting for Trump and it must be racism. They're all racist. Everyone in the whole world is racist. That's the only way to explain it. It's white supremacy. And we're just going to have to yell at people on social media about this more to change their minds. Yeah, I think it's going to work this time, right? Yeah. The narrative is exactly the same. Um, you know, last night I saw someone, I mean, lots of people tweeted this, but, um, One woman, uh, a writer for The Atlantic, tweeted, if Trump wins re-election, it's on white people, no one else. It's like, (laughs) that's literally not true. Like, how can you, this, and this is what you've been saying for four years. Actually, you know, they've been blaming white women for four years because white women are are the, the targets now. White women are the worst. They're to blame for everything. Um... Sean King tweeted something ridiculous about it all being white women's fault, too. Um, It appears more white women voted for Trump in 2020 than in 2016. Um, So it's like that means Trump is white women's fault. Like, so he left out all the other groups who also were coming out to vote for Trump in droves. But like, I... I'm just, so when, when Trump won in 2016, I was totally floored. Like I totally thought that Hillary was going to win. Um, and I was shocked. Like I did not believe it. I cried all day the next day. I was really upset and it took me a while to, like, I didn't understand. It was like, how could people vote for Trump? I don't get it. Like, he's such a terrible person. He's so stupid. He's such a liar. Like, he's clearly not fit to be president. He's such a child. He's all ego. He's a narcissist. On and on and on. And finally, I was like, okay, it's my, it's on me to figure this out. Like, it's my, I, you know, he won. I want to know why he won actually why he won really why he won not just my narrative of its misogyny because that's what i said at first i was like this is totally this is sexism this is misogyny um and that turned out i mean i think that hillary was subject to a lot of misogyny and sexism to be honest but that's absolutely not the whole story of why he won and clearly it's not the whole story because now he's up against biden and you know he's their neck and neck right and 
so to me, because I sort of like woke up from that and looked into it and was like, oh, this actually totally makes sense. I completely understand why people are voting for Trump. It doesn't matter if I like him or not. Um, and it is rational. It's not a bunch of crazy racists. Like maybe some of them are crazy racists, but I don't think that for the most part is what's happening where a bunch of people are just racists and heading out to the polls because they want to like send black people back into slavery or something like that. Um, and and yeah. Things, and What are the things that you really had to like get clear on to in order to have some understanding of why people would vote for Trump? Like what are the main kind of points that you hadn't realized people were appealed with people, people were appealed by? You know, it was the, it was the fact of the, you know, people were viewing the Democrats as elitist and as ignoring them, you know, there were all these poor whites across America, these poor white men who felt completely discarded and ignored by the Democrats. And the Democrats were appealing to these, um, you know, academic, elitist, middle-class, woke voters. Um, and I think they felt like Donald Trump was doing real talk and kind of calling out the system, um, and I don't think I don't give Donald Trump enough credit to think that he actually is, you know, sincere in any of that. I see him as part of the system. You know, he's part of the global elite. Right. But, mm. you know, he, you know, and because people were seeing how the liberal media were treating him and how they were lying about him and trying to make him look, you know, trying to put him in the worst possible light. Um, so people stop believing the media and stop trusting the media and stop trusting what the Democrats and the liberals were telling them. And we're like, oh, you're just like shitting on this guy. You're shitting on us. You're telling us that we have all this privilege and that we're oppressing people and that we're racist. You're talking about these ridiculous issues that don't matter. Trans kids? What the fuck is a trans kid? There's no such thing as a trans kid. Fuck off. Like, um, <laughs> and... And yeah, and I started reading about I started reading about that and realizing that it was actually that the Democrats and the progressives and the liberals have really, I think, really abandoned the working class and really lost touch with what people value and what's important to them. It's not woke mantras. It's not lip service. Mm. I'm kind of shocked that you would unpack that at the beginning of Trump being elected which is four years ago and yet in 2020 we've got to rehash this whole conversation again and it's like I can't really wrap my head around this idea which I seem to see at least in my um sort of like the further left my friends lean, it seems to be that they do this more and more, which is this kind of refusal to engage with reality. So like my politics and my ideology is so important that I can't possibly look at or discuss or even 
um, potentially have some degree of understanding of what's happening in the real world. And I think uh, far left people do this on a number of issues. I don't think it's just Trump. I think Trump is one thing. They, they will bury their heads in the sand, refuse to discuss, engage or understand because as soon as you discuss, engage or understand one of the taboo, taboo topics, you're liable to be cancelled by your friends. So you're not allowed to actually discuss these topics. So Trump is one, but I think they do this like with gender identity. I think they do this with um, Islam. I think they do this with a whole range of topics where it's like, we don't discuss that. Because if we do, we would have to actually look at some of the data. We would have to look at some studies. The results wouldn't align with our ideology. So we don't discuss it. It's off limits. And I've had a friend who's far left say this to me once. It's like, this is how gender identity works. And it's not up for discussion. Like, it is up for discussion. Literally, right now, there are studies being done to look at what's most beneficial for people in terms of their mental health. It has to be up for a discussion because we don't know. That's why it's a discussion. <laughs> so this whole thing that it's like a, a closed case, like this is how you must view these issues if you're a left-leaning person and you are not allowed to look at the data or think differently or ask questions or understand people on the right. Like, no, I refuse to do that. I know, and it baffles me because, I mean, first of all, everything is up for discussion. Mm. I can't, th what, what is not up for discussion? Everything is up for discussion. And, and it baffles me because I've obviously changed my mind about a lot of things in the past couple of years. Um, and it's enjoyable to change your mind, to learn new things, and to realize that maybe you were wrong. Maybe your assumptions were wrong. Maybe these things that you believed your whole life are not true. Maybe something else is true. Maybe you start to see people in a different way or you start to see the world in a different way. And I find that exhilarating. You know, I don't understand these people who continue to just repeat their mantras over and over and over again. And then when you challenge them, they blame you. So in these conversations that I'm having online with people and I'm saying, you know, it's Actually, there's there's plenty of good reasons why a woman would vote for Trump. And people will respond and say, how dare you think that there's a good reason for voting for Trump? And I'm like, oh, well, first of all, I didn't say I think there's a good reason to vote for Trump. But I do think there are good reasons to vote for Trump. But that's not what I said. I said, mm -hmm. actually, there's lots of rational, good reasons that a person would make that choice. That I can't think of one. And I was like, well... Maybe you should try. You try. Like, do you yeah. want to understand or do you not want to understand and just sit at home in your bubble in your rage, um, accusing other people of being monsters, um, dehumanizing other people? You know, the way that I see, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a good example of the fact that I've seen so many people talk in such hyperbolic, horrid, disgusting, dehumanizing way about Trump voters that I've become defensive of Trump voters. So, you know, mm -hmm. what you're doing isn't working in a variety of different ways. Um, mm -hmm. I don't trust that kind of hyperbole anyway. Like anytime somebody is engaging in hyper hyperbole, I'm just not going to believe you and I'm going to look into it myself. I mean, I don't know 
how many other people that works on. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like I, I just and and it, and it, and I see the hypocrisy in it all because people. You know, somebody commented to me online. I wrote a, I wrote an article for Feminist Current saying, you know, in response to people who were saying, you can't be a feminist and also vote for Trump. And I was like, actually, you can be a feminist and vote for whoever you want to vote for. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's how democracy works. Do we support democracy? Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't fight for the right to vote because... Um, we wanted to be able to control how other women voted. We wanted them to be able to make their own autonomous choices about who to vote for and who they felt best represented their interests. That's how voting works. Isn't it Um, crazy that people have been saying like the left is intolerant and that there's this obvious kind of paradox that the supposedly tolerant side of the political spectrum is completely intolerant of anyone other than themselves so like yeah you're in this position where it's like uh women having the vote like suffrage was so important you know it's 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 a it's a feminist cause oh but fuck you if you vote for trump you're gone like you're fucking out and the same thing with the anti-racist movement like it was so important civil rights we're all for it we you know fuck racism oh but if you're black and you vote for trump like get fucked you're not one of us anymore so <laughs> yeah it, there's this weird in-group out-group thing um well and i i mean the way that the way that a lot of like young liberals and feminists and the woke talk about the vote is actually with disdain like it's that's just a white lady thing that's just white voting is just for privileged white ladies um but you know, they just they just don't understand the fundamentals. They have no idea what's important in terms of freedom in a society, um, and they're fighting against it. And and yes, in response to that article that I wrote, um, somebody very angrily commented, um, "You gave Trump trolls a space to vomit their lies, to slander, gaslight, and bully, and empowered all the airheads were too who were too good to go out and vote." It is incredible that you have the gall to make this about purity or true feminism. Seriously, fuck you. And I was like, you know that you're the one doing all the things. Like, nobody on this thread is bullying you into voting for Trump or telling that you're a bad, you're a bad person or that you're a monster or that you're a Nazi or you should have your voting rights revoked or that you should rot in hell or that you're a piece of shit. Because you didn't vote for Trump. That's what you're saying to everyone else. Like, the the lack of self-awareness is astounding. And the reversals are astounding. I saw somebody else say something like, um, you know, this is what happens when ideology trumps lived experience. People vote, you know, against themselves. Essentially, they vote to hurt themselves. And I was like, wait, what happened? What happened was that people who are voting Democrat are the ones who are not living in reality, you know, that they're ignoring reality and that they're shaming everyone for, you know, voting for Trump because their ideology, they think that their ideology is universally applicable, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, because you're, you're talking to me about like, why, well, no, why would anybody vote Trump for Trump? He's doing all these terrible things. And about, what about the redistribution of power? And I was like, you know what? 
They don't care about the redistribution of power. They probably don't even know what that means because they didn't go learn about Marxism in university. They probably mm-hmm. just care about their real, actual, material lives. Mm-hmm. Like, why are I just want to fucking shake them? Mm-hmm. Like, stop using all this jargon. Yeah. Stop talking about ideology. Stop talking about patriarchy. Mm. Nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. People want Can to I have read? jobs and take care of their families. Sorry. Yeah. Can I read this tweet? This is yeah. from obviously a Biden supporter. I uh, don't know how I found this. Dear everyone, stop trying stop trying addressing Trump supporters like they're human beings with understanding and comprehension. They're fucking monsters. Right. And yeah. That tweet tweet is getting a lot of support. Yeah. Um, I saw that the- one too and um and yeah and you know exactly it's like you're you you think you're the one trying to build a better society and yet you're out here dehumanizing human beings which is the worst thing that you can do for society mm-hmm. treating as other people as though they aren't humans and are worthless that's how you that's how you justify violence against other people mm-hmm. like you're you're the problem someone's saying stop acting like trump and his supporters are innocent Look, I don't know what Trump and his supporters get up to. I mean, we're talking about half of the United States. So we're obviously talking about a pretty diverse group that would be, that would represent a whole range of politics. One thing that I think is very interesting is how these kind of tried and true lines of left versus right are not really holding up today as they used to previously. So here's one example. Um, Jamil Giovanni tweeted this. Uh, Florida has just become the eighth state to pass the $15 minimum wage. The supermajority of Floridians voted yes to this amendment. So that's really interesting. This is obviously a sort of progressive thing, like increasing minimum wage. But at the same time... (laughs) They have a quote from the um, from a Democratic elect uh, from I don't even know who this person is. We were obliterated by the Hispanic vote. Defunding the police killed us. And this was about the fact that Trump won uh, Florida. So it's really interesting that you have Florida pushing for an increase in minimum wage and then this swing to elect him in the state of Florida. So you have people who want human rights, who want an increased minimum wage. These are things we might associate with the left, but then you have more people supporting Trump, who is a conservative. So to me, it's like the the kind of clear lines between left and right and the political and apolitical and people who are, you know, educated on human rights and da, 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 and the people who are dumb and ignorant. And I don't think those lines are holding true anymore. I, I don't, I think the world has gotten a lot more complex than it used to be. Yeah. And I think that, I think people just don't believe or trust the Democrats. I think they think that they're phony because they are mm. phony and there's no one to blame for that except for the Democrats because the media is on their side, mm. right? 
you can't you can't pretend as though they're getting slandered in the media or online and liberals don't listen to what republicans say or people trump mm-hmm. supporters say so it's not like liberals are online being swayed by trump supporters um I think that there was like a funny tweet that I sent you that um, blamed Facebook and Murdoch. <laughs> yes, that was an Australian uh, social that? justice activist that blamed Murdoch Media for Trump getting votes. Racism, oh yeah, it says Murdoch. Okay, that Trump could win this election after the thousands of monstrous things he's done and the hundreds and thousands of people he's killed due to his negligence. I think they're talking about COVID there, which is silly because Trump didn't kill people. Um, <laughs> COVID killed people. Um, and I, I understand what he means, but I think that a lot of people would have died regardless of who was in charge over there. Yeah. Um, of people he's killed due to his negligence shows you how deep racism runs in the U.S. and also the catastrophic cost of Murdoch disinformation and Facebook. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think you understand what's going on here. <laughs> Do you know Facebook the is on your is side? against the Democrats. <laughs> like the Silicon Valley and the social media companies literally censored news that would hurt joe biden like like (laughs) nobody's nobody's censoring anti-trump news they're all on board with the anti-trump news they're all anti-trump yeah and i mean you have to ask why they are why are all the social media companies anti-trump like why are they all opposed to the republicans and the conservatives and the right wing like maybe because the Democrats are helping them out more or promising to help them out more so that they can have more power and more profit and more control. I don't know, Megan. I think it might be racism and the Murdoch media. <laughs> That's probably Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, what I wanted to say was, on this on this thing about racism, oh, okay. While we're talking about racism, Chrissy Teigen's tweet. <laughs> oh my god! Did you, did you see it? Yes, I wanted to die. She's you know such an idiot. She, why is she? Oh, okay. The I well, there's one that I'm thinking of. I don't know if it's the same one as the one that you're thinking of. It made we're me probably all livid. going to die. <laughs> yes. Yes, that one. Do you want me to read it? Yes. It's insane what our fears are if we lose compared to their fears if Biden wins. Like, we will prob all die or be handmaids, and they're worried about bathroom safety. Who's we? <laughs> Who's we? Who's all, who are we that we're all going to die? Who's going to die? Isn't this what Chrissy they said Teigen, in you're not going to die. If Trump wins the election, Chrissy Teigen's not going to die. You're going to get a fucking tax break, Chrissy Teigen, with your husband earning millions and millions of dollars every year. I don't think you're going to die, dude. Why do so many people love her? She's not funny. She's not smart. She's not funny. She's not yeah. interesting. Yeah, but I yeah, like I was, I was just livid because it's like, 
First of all, you're not like you're a rich celebrity. You're going to be fine. There's no R here. You're not a part of any marginalized community anywhere in the entire world. So shut the fuck up. And then, oh, you're worried about bathroom safety? Just just after, just within the same sentence where she says, like, we will prob all die or be handmaids. So apparently you're concerned about women's rights. And then within that same sentence, in the next breath, you insult and dismiss the thousands and thousands of women who are worried that if uh, the Democrats legislate in favor of gender identity ideology and turn into law the idea that men should be allowed access to women's change rooms, bathrooms, transition houses, shelters, prisons, that men should be able to compete against women in sport, that that's such a silly concern. That's so stupid. Oh, you want sex-based rights? That's so stupid. Bathroom safety? Like, you, you dismiss and insult and mock women who are worried about male predators being in their spaces where they are vulnerable or their daughters are vulnerable and and you want to talk about handmaids like you want to talk about oh you know why don't you think about my fears your fear of nothing you're you're afraid of nothing you're wealthy our fears like fuck your realistic fears you nobody's like you know who's going to be impacted by gender identity legislation the most is vulnerable and marginalized women, women who are in prison. Who Who is in prison? The most marginalized women in the entire country. Poor women, addicted women, um, abused women, women of color. Who's in a transition house? Who's in a shelter? People who have no other options. People who don't have money. Marginalized people. And you want to mm. talk about R? Fuck you. Mm. She's probably got like a team of security guards watching her house around the clock, but she's going to tweet and tell us all that she could die at any minute because of Trump. Like this is how hyperbolic the rhetoric is for me around Trump that I'm like, what are you talking about? You've got this fucking billionaire tweeting from their mansion that they could die at any moment because Trump. Trump, like what do you, you think Trump's, gonna walk around shooting celebrities or something like what are you actually talking about what acid have you taken that made you (laughs) with this fucking brain fart of an idea i somebody yeah somebody else said that to me in some comment on facebook somewhere they're gonna start hunting us it's like who's gonna start hunting you what are you talking about Like this whole, I remember, I think a a couple episodes ago, somebody brought up Trump derangement syndrome and I had not heard that before. And I was like, that sounds kind of stupid. I don't get it. And this past week I was like, oh no, that's real. You're completely irrational. You have no Mm -hmm. arguments. All you have is vitriol. Your brain is not functioning properly. You're clearly not thinking things through. You're just spewing we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Like, they're gonna hunt us down. The fascism, like Nazis, the KKK. It's actual hysteria. Like there's no, there's no. And the crazy thing is that hysteria is leading to like far left activists going out on the street and actually 
confronting people physically and having altercations with people and like serious shits happening, not as a result of Trump, as a result of their kind of like self-imposed hysteria that like the world is ending and like we've got to join Antifa and, you know, (laughs) claim back our space from the fascists. Yeah, you're out on the street burning things down, demanding that we defund the cops, beating people up, shooting people because of people who don't share all of your beliefs. Like, it seems pretty deranged. It seems pretty irrational. It seems pretty emotional. It seems pretty hateful. Mm -hmm. And yet everyone who's like in support of those riots, that violence is accusing the other side of doing that. It's very odd. (laughs) This is almost like, you know, like I know we talk about Trump being narcissistic and obviously he shows a lot of these characteristics where he does like the reversals and, you know, narcissists do that thing where you say to, you say to them, well, I think you've been doing this to me. And they say, no, you've been doing this. And I'm like, this is kind of what the the far left is doing now where it's like they're so convinced that the the world is doing this thing that they have the right to now do the thing but like no one was doing the thing they just made that up <laughs> yeah yeah no one's threatening you <laughs> nobody's hunting you trump and also trump has been in power for 4 years And he hasn't done all of these horrible things that you claim to be afraid that he's going to do. So I don't understand because I am not confident that Donald Trump was confident he would win another term. Mm. I think he was probably surprised to have one in the first place, just like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) Like if he wanted to do all this shit, I feel like he would have been like, God, I've only got four years. God can't do it all. Mm. Turn all these women into handmaids, enslave everyone. Look, um, there's obviously serious issues with the way they're using their um, immigration, whatever these ICE people are, like raiding people's homes and shit like that. There's obviously some serious shit going on there. But the idea that Chrissy Teigen is going to be killed because of Donald Trump, I'm like, you've got to be fucking high. No, I mean, I I don't, I don't, I wouldn't disagree that he's done bad things. Um, Mm. It's just that I don't think the Democrats are going to do any better. And in some, Mm. in some aspects on some issues, they're going to do worse. Mm. And everybody just wait, just wait. If Biden wins and they keep you locked down forever and they force everybody to do everything online and we all get depressed and we all have anxiety because we're on social media all the time which is a nightmare, and then we have to take pills and we're dependent on big pharma and we have no joy and we have no life and we have no community and we can't protest and we have no free speech. Like, you can come back to me and tell me that I'm evil for saying that it's fine to vote for Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah. Who do you think's going to win? Biden. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty confident. But... I don't know. I I don't hope that I'm right <laughs> necessarily. Um, I I wanted to talk a, a bit more about this thing of, you know, I I don't know if you saw this online, but there was a lot of people saying you can't be feminist and also vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the things that people 
said in defense of this this claim and in response to me saying, you know, actually women can vote for whoever they like and you don't lose your feminist card if you vote for Trump. That's not how this works. Feminism is about fighting for women's rights and you can vote for Trump and also fight for women's rights. And voting for the Democrats isn't a fem... I'm not saying voting for Trump is a feminist choice, but I also don't think the voting for the Democrats is a feminist choice. Um, I think things are more complex than that. And so, you know, I actually saw somebody saying that women, women's, like a woman who votes for Trump, her, her voting rights should be revoked. Um, I saw women calling other women Nazis for supporting Trump or just saying that it's fine to vote for Trump. Um, uh, for anyone to vote Trump tells volumes about their character. So they're, you know, morally a bad person if they vote for Trump. They're morally flawed. Uh, that's just an inherent truth. Um, neither a feminist nor an ally to women would vote for Trump, to which I responded and said, you'd be surprised. <laughs> like, a lot of women who are your allies and who are actually very feminist and who are doing real work in the real world voted for Trump, and they're probably scared to tell you because you're such an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people told me to, like, basically shut up because I'm Canadian and it's not helping. So essentially to say something that doesn't straight just push the narrative, like, you have to vote for Joe Biden, otherwise you're a terrible person, that I should shut up. Like, I bet if I had, you know, the the Canadian excuse wouldn't be used against me. Be like, you're Canadian, don't talk about American politics. If I'd posted and said, anyone who votes for Trump isn't a feminist and you have to vote for Biden, otherwise you're a fascist. I bet then it would be okay for me to speak about this. Um, uh, I don't owe female Trump supporters any more sisterly solidarity than I do the women who uncritically support trans rights, which I found an ironic thing to say because the Democratic Party supports trans rights, not the Republican Party. Mm. Um, refusing to vote for Biden is a vote for Trump and for, uh, fascism. So just voting for anybody other than Biden is a vote for fascism. And... Then also that I was promoting choice feminism, which is the thing that I've written against for my entire career, which is like the thing where anything a woman does is a feminist choice. If she if she's a feminist and she makes a choice, that's inherently a feminist choice, which I don't believe. Um, and I wasn't saying that it was a feminist choice, again, to vote for either Trump or Biden. I was just saying, you know, people make decisions for complex reasons. And if you actually listen to them and talk to them and try to understand them, then you would realize that maybe those reasons actually make sense. But you refuse to engage. You refuse to try to understand. And then you insult me for trying to understand. So I'll say, you know, like, I looked into this and I do understand and it is rational. And then they'll say like, oh, well, I don't know anybody who would vote for Trump. So how would I know? And I was like, I, in my personal life, the people who are my friends are not Trump supporters. Like I had Mm -hmm. to seek this out. I -hmm. had to make an effort to try to understand. It didn't just fall in my lap and -hmm. you could do the same. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, there must be something wrong with you if you understand why people would vote for Trump. Like, okay, good luck. This is that crazy thing that the, the splitting thing where like, not only are you guilty if we can find any association between you and supporting Trump, but you're guilty if we can find 
any association <laughs> between you and another person who has some association with someone that votes for Trump. So like now you're twice removed from Trump and that's also guilty. Like how many layers deep do you want to go? And but this is that that insulation thing, right? Of like no, I'm so committed to my ideology and to being far left that I can't possibly open up the line of communication and show any understanding or any interest or any empathy. I have to be completely closed off because the minute I open up, you know, my friends are going to cancel me or I'm going to be judged or I'm not going to be a pure feminist or leftist anymore and that will ruin everything. Um, and it's really interesting and something that it really makes me wonder is how many people are secretly voting for Trump because they're so fucking sick of all their friends lecturing them about how they're not allowed to vote for Trump and how much they hate Trump and fuck Trump and Trump is a fascist. And the fact that you're not allowed to talk about these topics, I know that like our brains kind of start going a bit haywire when they're not allowed to explore things. Like if your whole friendship circle and family disallows you from even showing any understanding of why Trump was popular and you're never allowed to discuss it or analyze it, I think that you might be slightly more likely to <laughs> then want to go out and like seek out that information and then potentially vote for him because you're so sick of being lectured to and um, ostracized for wanting to discuss the topic. Well, and maybe you don't want to align yourself with those kinds of people. So these people act like they're gatekeeping. So they're saying, I don't want anything to do. You can't be with us. You're not part of our club. You're kicked out because you did a thing that we don't like, or you said a thing that we don't like. Um, you voted for a person we don't want you to vote for. So we're drawing the bridge like you're out. Um, but I think probably part of what's happening is that people are looking at like, they're, you know, they're looking at progressives and feminists and they're looking at what they're saying and how they're behaving to one another and saying, I don't think I want anything to do with these people. I mean, that's what's happened to me again, you know, like you're looking mm -hmm. at it and you're like, you're not doing analysis. You're doing knee jerking. Um, you're not being realistic. You're not looking for solutions. You're, you're creating division and polarization and hate. And that's not what I'm interested in. And I don't want to be involved with this movement if that's what it's about. I genuinely do want to create a better, more just world where people are happy and where things are more equitable and where people aren't, you know, living in poverty and suffering um, and where there's less violence. And you're advocating violence and you're dehumanizing people and you're behaving in really horrible ways and you are lacking in empathy. And that's not what I want to be involved with. Mm. And even for you to provide the analysis of why some women might vote for Trump is enough for you to get painted black. So that's that splitting thing, right, of like you're either good or you're bad, and if you try and sit somewhere in the middle or you want to have any shade of grey, that's it, you're in the bad camp, you're gone. And that's like what you're saying is like people assuming that you want to discuss the reasons women might vote for Trump makes you a Trump supporter. And you're like, no, 
I want to be the messenger, the person that kind of builds a bridge and hosts this conversation as to why women would have this position. And they're like, so you have the position. And you're like, no, I'm not saying I have the position. I'm saying I want to have the conversation about the fucking position. Like, do you not? I'm trying to explain to you. And you're like, like, it's like (laughs) short circuited, right? (laughs) They're like, you're either all for Trump or you're all against Trump. Pick a side. And you're like, I'd like to explore the reasons that people who actually traditionally would be against Trump might support him in this election. They're like, so you're for Trump. And you're like, I just want to have the conversation about why some people might be for Trump. Can you see how there's a difference between everyone having to be for Trump or against Trump? Yeah, exactly. And that it's it's black and white and that it's not. I mean, I don't even understand what does it mean to be for Trump? Like, it's like, what if I lived in America and I did vote for Trump? Would Mm -hmm. that tell you that I like him, that I agree with everything Mm -hmm. that he says or does, that I like all of his policies, that I think he's a good president Or would that mean that I had to make a difficult choice in a very bad situation where we have very limited choices and I decided that the Democrats can suck my ass? Like, Mm. (laughs) I'm joking. But, you know, like (laughs) that's exactly the fuck you vote that we were talking about before. Mm. Um, But, you know, I've talked about the very rational reasons why I think that the Democrats are dangerous. And there's lots more. I mean, I'm not that well versed in American politics. So there's lots of issues that are not even on my radar. Mm. Um, But, you know, I have genuine fears about what the Democrats are going to do. But we can't have a conversation about that. That just means you're a Trump supporter and that just means you're bad. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if these women want to go around kicking other women out of, out of the women's movement and saying they're not feminist, then fine. They're Mm -hmm. not feminists. I won't be a feminist. I don't really give a shit. Like I'm going to still keep fighting for what I think is right. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to keep fighting for women's rights. So you can decide Mm -hmm. that I'm not a feminist all you want and you can go on doing feminism in your Facebook groups. Um, I don't see that, how that helps anything. You can create division, you can create polarization, you can tell other women that they should die or that they're your mortal enemy because they voted for the person that you don't like. Um, Good luck. Good luck with your movement building. I'm really, really interested to know for people that take this approach of like you're either for us or against us and anyone who sits in the middle, we've got to like tear them down because there is a risk that they're going to become the conservatives, like, do they have any examples of this working for them? Are there people in the world who genuinely have felt like inspired by the way the left is conducting themselves, um, particularly online? Um, Because I'm really, obviously something that happened in 2016 was like this kind of shock that um, the the kind of issues that the left is pushing are probably not speaking to the majority. They're probably speaking to the minority. And now in response to that, they've kind of doubled down 
on not only their positions but also like characterizing anyone who's not fully on board as an absolute piece of shit and a fascist and someone who deserves to die and I'm like has this worked for you how many people have you brought on board like I can see that your um kind of your movement is kind of becoming more dense because it's almost cultish now in the way that they, you know, like constantly um, kind of judge and throw out all these kind of criticisms about anyone who might support Trump. And I understand that they might feel more intimate with their close circle, that common enemy intimacy thing where if we hate the same person, we feel closer. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, but have you actually brought more people on board like have you really educated people because despite black lives matter trending for the last few months trump has still got a significant share of the popular vote which tells me that something's amiss here like there's a gap here yeah i mean on one hand i think yeah like i think you're right that people kind of bond over rage um Mm. And the idea that they're like fighting the good fight, that they have a common enemy, that they're doing something productive. I think that they feel like their hate and rage is productive um, because otherwise I don't know why people would bother bullying people online or posting things that announce that everyone who votes for Trump is a monster. They're not real people. Um, They're evil. They must kind of be getting something out of it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, I don't know that it's bringing, it's not bringing other people over to their side. So if there's somebody on the other side and you're trying to convince them that they're wrong, calling them a monster is not going to do the trick. Mm. Um, That's just going to reinforce what they already believe about you, which is that you suck. Like, and, you know, that's just not a convincing argument. So I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know that they're winning over new people. They're probably just winning over the people who already agree with them, I would suspect. I mean, maybe there's an undecided person who is like, yeah, I should get on board and fight white supremacy, like whatever that is. But they're definitely not, not bringing over the people who they think are wrong. Um, And I guess they, maybe they think those people are a lost cause anyway, which is why they speak about them with such derision and hatred. Um, but I, I do I do wonder what, what the goal is. Like, I wonder what the goal of Antifa is. Um, those people who are out on the street being violent mm. and, and threatening people. Well, more people are voting now than ever before, right? So it's interesting to me that the average person is more politicized now. And I think that might be one of the achievements of Black Lives Matter. And I also actually think this could be a byproduct of Trump. And I don't know if Trump was intentionally seeking to politicize the average individual, but something about having a fairly incompetent leader, and you could notice this in businesses and other organizations, if your leader is incompetent, you need to learn more skills to manage up because you haven't got the same safety that you would have with a really competent leader. Um, And like, you'll notice this, if you have a shitty manager at work, 
you kind of have to learn part of their job because like the business will fall apart without you kind of covering your manager's ass half the time. And I have a feeling that this might be some, there there might be some relationship to this with Trump where I, I don't think he's particularly competent as a leader generally. His characteristics are not aligned with leadership. And I think it's brought a lot more people into the fold in terms of, we need to educate ourselves about what our political leaders do. What are the traits that make a good political leader? What are the policies that are most relevant to me and my life? And what are the ways I need to advocate for those policies so that I can actually be involved in pushing for change? Because I can no longer trust that the president is going to just do that as a product of his presidency. So I don't know if Trump ever set out to help politicize America, but I have a feeling that he has actually kind of done that. Yeah, I think that's a good and interesting analysis, actually, because I think that, um, I mean, I think that it would inspire people, like just seeing all this rhetoric and knowing that the liberal media is lying also, that all these people are in hysterics over mm-hmm. Trump, I think also told people, oh, I have to do my own research. I really have to figure this out on my own. I'm going to have to look into this myself because nobody's telling me the truth. I can't trust any of these people. Mm. So maybe there's a bonus there. Well, the same goes with the media because, um, you know, you've got the kind of conservative media channels that are so – and look, sometimes they actually present really good analysis, but they're so – um, supportive of Trump, that they won't discuss anything that's critical. And then you've got the left-leaning media who also sometimes present good analysis, but they're so supportive of the Democrats that they will never publish anything critical of them. So you know whichever source you go to, you're not getting the whole picture. You actually need to, if you want to be fully informed, you need to work a lot harder to inform yourself now than you ever had to maybe in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Um, We should log off and go to Patreon only, Mm -hmm. um, which is where we're going to, well, we can do, we, we do more engagement there and more Q and a type stuff on Patreon because we can't really uh, get too engaged in the live chat on these uh, public live streams. So we can do that on Patreon. Sometimes we share really fun personal stories. Um, I want to talk about online feminism and mm. uh, the negative impact that it's having on feminism. <laughs> 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 but also bring your questions if there's stuff that you want to hear us talk about. Um, we can try, or, you know, if you want to ask Laura for free psychological advice, if you (laughs) want some like free therapy, um, we can help you out with that. And, uh, and also please also just sign up for Patreon in general to support my work because, uh, yeah, it is my job and, um, I don't really make very much money off YouTube we don't have ads here. We don't have ads. There's a few, obviously I let YouTube put a few ads on these things, but a minimal amount. Also a lot of my 
videos are demonetized for reasons that are probably obvious to people. <laughs> like probably at least half wow. of them are demonetized, if not more than that. Wow. And uh, there's no ads on the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so even if you don't like me, Shirley, you uh, can <laughs> understand that I need to get a haircut. So yeah, <laughs> your hair yeah. is getting really long. Please it's help only me five out. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is The Same Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Megan Murphy. I'm Laura McNally. We'll see you next week. See you next week, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.